0: All right. Well, good morning. We are going to get started and hopefully you enjoyed our Resurrection Sunday service. Uh, What a wonderful day. Great, great celebration as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And hopefully uh, last, um, this past week had a chance to see Pastor Mike's uh, teaching of our last section on our YouTube uh, video channel. If you haven't seen it, please go ahead and check that out. It's very informative and truly will, will bless you. Well, speaking of the previous sections, we learned from Pastor Mike that as Christian and faithful journeyed to the celestial city, they both would encounter different experiences, which teaches us that as believers, God will put us through various sanctifying experiences in his plan of glorification. Now, this morning, we'll be covering sections 65 to 72. Hopefully, you had a chance to pick up your handout, Sunday School Class Handout, Well, as we come to our first section, section 65, we witness faithful's conversation with talkative. As you read the seven sections for this particular class, you saw that as Christian and faithful continue their journey to the celestial city, they see another traveler walking at a distance beside them. Now, this traveler is a tall traveler, and his name is talkative. And when you think of the name talkative, what Thoughts come to your mind that he, what, he talks a lot. He talks and talks and talks, as we'll see in a few moments. Well, faithful and talkative strike up an interesting conversation. In fact, faithful says, come on then, let us go together and let us spend our time in discoursing of things that are profitable. Well, talkative, as his name implies, like I said, loves to talk a lot. And here's what he says. He says, to talk of things that are good to me is very acceptable with you or with any other. I will talk of things heavenly, or things earthly, things moral, or things evangelical, things sacred, or things profane, things past, or things to come, things foreign, or things at home, things more essential, or things circumstantial, provided that all be done to our profit. I'm kind of running out of breath as I'm talking about what he likes to talk about, right? You know, talkative would be a great late-night TV host, wouldn't he? Because he loves to talk a lot. as you read this section, you saw that after Faithful's lengthy conversation with Talkative, Talkative made an immediate impression on Faithful, so much so that Faithful was convinced that Talkative would make a very excellent pilgrim or Christian. Now, why would Faithful say this? Well, in your class notes, it says, we see that Talkative showed many commendable qualities that true Christians display, as commentator Ken Pohl says, that he is cordial and gratified by the company of other pilgrims. He is fervent in how he speaks of his faith, as we all should. He enjoys most talking about the things of God, and so do we. He expresses delight in God's word and knows his Bible well, as most Christians should. He's willing to address any subject, provided the conversation is profitable. And Talkative was very fluent in his words He had a very bold, enthusiastic, and well-spoken personality that was very contagious and attracted many. Now, do these qualities identify talkative as a true, born-again, regenerated believer of Jesus Christ? Not necessarily so. And just because a person has these qualities, again, it doesn't mean that they have been saved by Jesus Christ. In fact, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 says, and a lot of the verses I'll be reading this morning will be from the Legacy Standard Bible Translation. But Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me what, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Now sadly, these verses is speaking about those who have not truly placed their faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, And have also proved their faith by their lifestyle. Well, faithful was easily deceived, thinking that Talkative was a believer. Now, have you ever been deceived by someone like Talkative, who by his words deceived you into thinking that he was a true believer of Jesus Christ? And it's very difficult to tell sometimes, isn't it? To tell whether a person is a believer. They say they're a Christian, but are they truly a believer of Jesus Christ? And there might be a time in our Christian life that we have to humbly examine or judge another Christian's life to see if they are of the faith when they are habitually sinning. And sometimes this hits close to home, doesn't it? Especially with our children. Because as parents, we might think that they, our kids are saved, but their lifestyle, their words, their thinking just doesn't prove it. Something just doesn't add up. They look like it outwardly, but they have not been truly regenerated on the inside, as Titus chapter 3, verse 5 says. And we need to keep praying for our children, right? Keep praying for their salvation. Well, upon closer examination of talkative's life, there was reason to doubt. He looks like a Christian from a distance, but when you get close to him, watch out, as we'll see in a few moments. Next, let's move on to section 66, as Christian reveals to faithful the truth about talkative. There is a shift as Faithful leaves his conversation with Talkative and speaks privately to Christian about Talkative. Now Christian showed tremendous discernment here. He was not fooled, and he easily, he wasn't fooled easily, and he provided Faithful with a stunning but a truthful evaluation of Talkative. Christian knew of Talkative's reputation in the city of destruction, and it's not a good one, especially among family and his family friends. So Christian wasn't impressed with talkative and raised three areas of concerns which should challenge faithful to rethink his assessment of talkative. Now these serious issues will also help us out as we, as we guard, put up our guard and use our discernment whenever we encounter a person who might look like a believer. Well, the first serious issue was, and if you look at your class notes, is number one, though talkative speaks well, his life doesn't measure up to his talk. John Bunyan highlights the discrepancy between talkative's words and his walk by saying, he is the son of one say-well and lives on prating row. His speech sounds refined and informed, yet it amounts to little more than babbling and gibberish. You know, 1 John chapter 3, verses 7 and 10 tells us, the Apostle John says, Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. And again, maybe you've met someone, maybe in a church, maybe here at Cornerstone, who, who is just like talkative. He talks others about God. He handles the scriptures well in order to arrive at conclusions. He can take doctrine. He can break it down for others to understand it. However, prayer is absent from his life. Showing faith in God is non-existent and repentance of sin is nowhere to be found. You don't hear this person asking for forgiveness if he offends someone, or going to God first and asking for forgiveness. Well, in this allegory, Faithful thinks that Christian is just jesting about talkative's life. Well, Christian says that he would not joke about one's salvation, right? That's a serious issue or falsely accused talkative about not being a genuine Christian. All right, that's a serious matter when you think about it. And Christian witness talkative's conversation and here's what he says. He says, religion has no place in his heart or house or conversation. All he has lies in his tongue and his religion is to make noise therewith. Can you imagine? I mean, what a reputation to have, right? The best quality about you is your tongue, right? That's not necessarily a good quality to have. Talkative has a hypocritical, do as I say, not as I do type of belief. Well, when you think about talkative's life, who do we think about in the Bible? We think about the Pharisees, remember? The religious elite of Israel who had a do as I say, not as I do type of philosophy. Well, in Matthew chapter 23, verse 3, Jesus says, therefore, all that they tell you do and keep, but do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. Sounds just like talkative. But commentator Ken Paul says, even animals when they act according to their God-given natures serve God better than he. Speaking about talkative. True salvation is more than knowing and saying right things. It is a change of heart that leads to a changed life. And that's the issue, right? For a person who's truly born again, a changed heart leads to what? A changed life. In First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, we see it says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in words. It's not just words, right? As we live our Christian life, but in power. Power according to the Holy Spirit who resides inside of us. Well, the next serious issue that should get faithful to rethink his assessment of talkative is, Number two, though talkative appears to be a passionate pilgrim, his life looks better from a distance than from close up. You know, this past Monday, I don't know if you had a chance to see the national championship game, college national championship game on, on TV where Baylor won, where right? Baylor beat Gonzaga. And it was really interesting how the cameras kind of scanned over, you know, all, all over the court. But then they scanned and they showed they were focusing on Baylor, the team that won the national championship for, for college. And it showed that team praying. They were huddled together and they were praying. Now, the question is, we would say, wow, those guys must be Christians. Was well, that true? Maybe from a distance they look like they're believers, but we really don't know if they truly are. As I mentioned earlier, Talkative's reputation in the city of destruction was not a good one, especially among family and friends. When he travels away, Talkative represents himself very well to those who he meets. However, his actions do not measure up to what he is proclaiming. Ken Poles again says he is knowledgeable, well-spoken and polite, But to those who know him more intimately, he falls short. His actions towards them are sinful, unjust, and unreasonable. He is a saint abroad and a devil at home. Wow. His religion is but a facade he has built to cover his life. The third serious issue that should get faithful to rethink his assessment of talkative is, number three, though talkative is fervent in how he speaks of his faith, his witness before others is both deceptive and it's dangerous. Again, Ken Poles says, his life discredits the words he speaks. His hypocrisy leads to devastating consequences. And listen to what he says here. He says, his conduct causes many to fall, disgusting some and causing them to turn away from the faith. You see the impact that our lives have on people. He says, while deluding others into thinking a believer can live comfortably with sin in his life. We know that's not true at all. In fact, Psalm 66 verse 18 says, If I see wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Well, Christian adds a comment about talkative, and he says he is the very stain, reproach, and shame of religion to all that know him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine someone saying that about A person who acts like, or says he's a Christian, but truly is not a believer of Jesus Christ. You know, talkative lacked integrity, right? Integrity is is what? Living what you believe, right? Living what you believe when no one's watching you. That's what integrity is. Doing the right thing, again, when no one is watching. You know, Proverbs 19.1 says, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is crooked in his lips and is a fool. Sounds like talkative, right? You know, this week I had an opportunity to uh, talk to a shoe repair man in Moreno Valley. And he told me that years ago he was about to enter into the shoe repair business with a gentleman who he was working with who said he was a Christian. But every day this man would go to the cash register and take money out of the cash register. So I asked him, I said, Javier, I said, and he says he was a Christian? And he shook his head and he said, yes, he said he was a Christian. Now can you imagine, again... We have to make sure that our walk matches our talk. Well, what do you think of Christian's assessment of talkative? Now, someone may ask, why is Christian being judgmental and severe to talkative? Isn't it wrong, we hear this, to judge another person? We hear that all the time, right? Well, Matthew 7, 1 says, Do not judge that you will not be judged. for For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you measure, it will be measured to you. The word judge there in that verse means to bring about an unjust criticism, criticism about someone, okay? Bring about an unjust criticism about su- someone when you judge them. When you think about a Christian's assessment of talkative, is not unjust, is it? But fully warranted because of t- uh, uh, talkative's lifestyle. And though, in the thought, when you really think about the word judgment, another word for judgment is discernment, okay? Discernment, being discerning. The definition of discerning is an act of perceiving something. It's an act of perceiving something. That's what discernment means. So Christian was judging or perceiving something in talkative's life that wasn't adding up. It just wasn't right. His antennas were going up. He says he's a Christian, but his life did not match it. So when you judge or show discernment with another person's lifestyle or thoughts, be very careful. We have to do that, but be careful. Because if you judge with the wrong attitude, if you judge with pride against another person, it's like you standing above that person and acting as their judge, right? And that's not the way it's supposed to be. God is, is our ultimate judge. But be discerning as you look at another person's life. Remember, in the same passage in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, Jesus said, before you confront someone with their sin, first take what? The log out of your own eye first, right? So when someone you know claims to be a Christian, give them the benefit of the doubt, but be wise, careful, and use plenty of discernment. Now here are some helpful uh, questions to ask yourself as you try to be discerning about a person who confesses Christ, but his lifestyle doesn't match his talk. Do they love God and his word? What does their Christian lifestyle look like? Is there Christian consistency? Do they repent of sin? And do they ask for forgiveness? Now, 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 says, And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we what? If we keep his commandments, that's right. <clears throat> Our Lord Jesus Christ had some very sharp words for the Pharisees, remember? Christ's words were against those who were hypocritical in their living and as a result would lead others astray. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 16, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit, Right? And that's where discernment comes in. That's where the judging comes in, to look at another person's life and see if there is fruit in their life that's consistent as they live their life on a daily basis. And again, like I said, sometimes it touches close to home when you look at your children. Are they living there? They say they're a Christian, but are they truly a believer of Jesus Christ? But Ken Paul says, sadly, as we know, there are many in the church who fit the description of talkative. They talk like pilgrims and have convinced themselves that they are on the way to the celestial city. Sadly, their lives do not match what they are saying. Well, let's move on to section 67, as Christian shows faithful the fallacy of talkative. The fallacy of talkative. Talkative is fooling himself in to think that he can make it to the celestial city as a good Christian just by hearing the word of God and speaking it to others. Well, we all know this morning that talkative's thinking is way off, right? Way off base. Talkative speaks like a Christian and doesn't think that his life needs to bear the fruit which a true believer of Jesus Christ must have in their lives. Well, what would be some of the fruit that a genuine believer of Jesus Christ shows? Well, Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 tells us, and you know this verse very well, but the fruit of the spirit is what it is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. We should see that type of fruit in a person who claims to be a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. Ken Paul says he craves conversation but not commitment. He delights in doctrine but not devotion. He does not grasp the vital relationship between faith and works. And talking of me, we also think that if a person is saved by grace alone, he doesn't have to show evidence of saving faith. Well, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 tells us, and you know this verse, By grace you've been saved through faith, it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that he, he, we would walk in them. As believers in Jesus Christ, God prepared our works that we would perform here on this earth before the foundations of the world. Those works were already set, ordained for us to perform here on this earth. James chapter 2, verse 17 says, Even so faith, if it has no works, is what is dead by itself. So your works prove the evidence of genuine saving faith. And speaking of shown works that prove saving faith, Ken Paul says, false faith produces assent or acceptance, but not action. F- true faith is a faith that works. And I love that quote. Let me just read it again. False faith produces assent or acceptance, but not action. True faith is a faith that works. Christian provides three statements showing the importance between faith and works, and if you look at your class notes, you'll see that. Number one, speaking truth and living truth are as diverse as the soul and the body. James chapter 2, verse 26 says, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. The second connection between faith and works, number two, the soul of religion is doing the practical part. Kent Poles again says, Our love to God is made, manifest, or shown in our actions and obedience, not our ideas and theories. And you know this verse very, very well in James chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 22 to 25 just, just for a second. It says, But become doers of the word and merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in what he does. And here's the practical part of a person exhibiting genuine faith. It's in James chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Which says, pure and undefiled religion, if you're truly saved before God and the Father, is this. This speaks about a person who's truly a believer. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And to keep oneself unstained from the world. And the last connection between faith and works, number three. And the last day, men shall be judged according to their fruits. Now, Lord Jesus Christ taught a parable in Matthew 13, which tells about a sower planting seed, which is the gospel and its relationship to fruitfulness to this parable christian says hearing but as sowing of the seed and talking is not sufficient to prove that fruit is indeed in the heart and life in other words what christian is saying that having fruit in your life brings evidence of a born-again life or regenerated heart that desires to obey god's word well, after hearing all of this, Faithful was about to cut the string in his relationship with talkative because Faithful has seen his false profession of faith, and he was about to move away from talkative. However, Christian said, hold on, and he exhorts Faithful to confront talkative and witness to him about how the gospel can change his life, right? And what a great application it is for us to witness even to those who may profess to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we want to still give them the gospel. Not shun them away, but give them the gospel. Well, as we move on to section 68, Faithful confronts talkative. Well, after Faithful speaks to Christian who explained a fallacy and shallowness behind talkative's thinking and speech, Faithful concludes that talkative is no longer a brave companion. However, as recommended by Christian, Faithful is not giving up on talkative, and desires to have a serious conversation about talkative faith. And 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 isn't it very gracious when you think about it? When you think about faithful showing patience and not giving up again on talkative. You know, And when you think about it, this is how God treated all of us as sinners, right? God didn't just give up on us. In fact, Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to what? To repentance. God didn't give up on us. He kept coming after us. And You think about your testimony, how you came to Christ and how someone kept coming to you and sharing verses with you and giving you the gospel. That was God behind the scenes. Not giving up on you and saving you one day. Well Faithful is ready to speak to Talkative so he asks Talkative a question. He says, how does the saving grace of God discover itself when it is in the heart of man. Well, talkative hints that this is not the question that he would have chosen, but then he gives replies. Now, with each of his replies, faithful corrects talkative. But let's peek into, their dialogue, into the dialogue between the two. And, and this is in your class notes. Number one, talkative suggests that grace is evident in the heart where there is great outcry against sin. Well, faithful corrects him and says, it's not enough. Just to speak and cry out against sin, right and go ab- and be against it, but he says, we must hate it and we must flee from sin. Just like Joseph did. Remember? Joseph in Genesis, He fleed from sin. Number two, talkative second evidence is great knowledge of gospel mysteries. Faithful says, this evidence should have been mentioned first, but it is also false. So he says it is possible to know much about the gospel and the things of God yet be nothing, and so consequently be no child of God. But John chapter 13, verse 17 says, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them, speaking about God's commandments. And the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 34, cause me, he's, he's asking God, he's praying to get cause me to understand that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Is that your prayer to God this morning or every day? Cause me to understand your word so that I may keep it with all my heart. Well, what can we learn from faithful's attempts to confront talkative? Well, we must be willing to offer correction and reproof even when it might not go well, right? We think about somebody yelling at us, right, as we, as we confront them. That might happen. It just might happen. You may be persecuted for it. You might be, right, accursed, and be, or you may be accused of, of, of not being loving, right? We've, we've heard that many, many times. You're not being loving to me. Well, Faithful could have walked away from talkative instead of having a hard conversation with him. But Faithful knew that talkative's soul was in danger and eternity was at stake because talkative held on to his sin and he did not confess or repent of his sin. When Faithful confronted talkative, he did not receive the correction well and became defensive and suspicious. Well, next in section 69, we will see Faithful explains saving grace. Well, as we heard, Talkative resisted Faithful's attempt to help and correct him. And Talkative said Faithful's conversation will not lead to edification. He didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear the conversation. Well, Faithful asked Talkative to give another evidence of the work of grace, then urges Talkative to apply this truth to his life. But when you think about it, what are the evidence of saving faith in a person's heart? How can we kind of how can we see that? Well, well you can see that in Philippians chapter one, verse six, which says, Paul says, For I am confident of this very thing that he who began a work in you will what? Will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's kind of how you know that you're a believer, right? You see God working in your heart every day, right? Conforming you into the image of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. Well, faithful explains the evidence or nature of saving faith for that person. And here's what he says. It's in your class notes. He feels the weight of sin. And we do, don't we? When we sin against someone, we feel the weight of that sin. And we should go ask them for forgiveness immediately, right? When we feel it, then the Holy Spirit is convicting you. In fact, John chapter 16, verse 8 tells us that, right? That we grieve over our sin because the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and we are convinced of impending judgment, or for the believer, impending discipline, right? If we don't confess sin, uh, our prayer to God is cut short, and God one day will discipline us if we don't confess, repent from sin. Next, he turns away from sin and looks to Christ for hope and forgiveness, as Romans fifteen thirteen says. He has a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Saving grace changes a person's desire. A saved person loves what God loves and Hates what God hates, as Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says. As believers, we are no longer slaves of what? Of sin. We are now what? Slaves of righteousness, right? Desiring to live righteous for God. And then number four, he finds joy and peace in knowing Christ and living for him, as Romans chapter 14, verses 17 to 18 says. Well, Ken Paul says, His saving grace is evident to the person who has it though he may not always be able to discern these evidences because of the ongoing struggle with remaining sin, right? As Romans 7 talks about, this is one reason why we need others to walk with us in our Christian life, to make sure somebody is there holding you accountable. Have an accountability partner. Make sure someone who's a believer, who's a mature, right? And even who can handle you coming to them with their sin, right? There are some believers who may not be able to handle Maybe they're a new believer. They may not be able to handle you telling them about your sin, right? Pray to God and ask God, to give you an accountability partner to help you in your life. Well, next, sadly, we see section 70, the departure of talkative. Faithful kept on pressing talkative to evaluate his own life, but asking him questions like this. Do you have a love for God and his word? Does your life and conversations testify that you have been regenerated by Christ? Do you repent from sin and keep yourself from things of the world? Do you obey God's commandments? You know, in the back of the MacArthur Study Bible, there is an appendix with a checklist there on the character of genuine, saving faith. So you can even check, your, check yourself, see if I'm a believer, right? You can be check. And also, if you're looking to see if another person is a believer, and be careful again, right? Don't be judgmental. But you look and see, well, that person's life doesn't match these, this on a checklist. Maybe it or not, and it'll give you an opportunity to share the gospel, pray for them, and then share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. What was Talkative's response as Faithful confronted him? Well, right, uh, Talkative is embarrassed. He's cut off guard, put on the spot. He's convicted because Faithful told him that his life, his way of life was not consistent with his words. If Talkative doesn't want this type of examination, then he should have done what? He should examine his own life, right? To see if he truly is of the faith. That's what Apostle Paul so the believers in 2 Corinthians, remember? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, he said, examine yourself, because the believers were siding with the false teachers who said the apostle Paul wasn't an apostle. Right? They said that. Paul says, examine yourself and see if you truly are of the faith. Well, of accuses faithful that his words to him are unkind and rash. He feels that he is judging him. He should be more loving, understanding, and sympathetic. And again, we, you may get that right, that backlash from people, right, and again, we hear it all the time, but if you truly love someone, I mean, when you think about it, if you truly love someone, you're going to point out what their sin is in their life, right, especially with our children, if you truly love them, you don't let that sin go, you confront them of their sin and show them from the scriptures how you, how they are offending God, right, we want to do that, we love our children, and we love our grandchildren, I should say grandchild, because I have a grandchild, and we will protect them from danger at all costs, but how much so in the spiritual realm? How much so? If we love the sinner, we must graciously give them the truth, as Galatians, Galatians 6 1 tells us. And again, when you really think about it, the purpose of confronting another person's sin, whether the person is a believer or an unbeliever, is really the desire to restore their relationship with who? With Jesus Christ, with God Almighty. That's the goal of confronting someone who is sinning. For an unbeliever, we don't want to see them go. F- Become stand face to face with God and God judging them, and for them to spend all of eternity in hell. In hell, right? We don't want that. We don't want to see that happen. And by the way, you know, hell was Jesus said hell was reserved for who? It wasn't reserved for creation for his creation. Reserved for who? For Satan and his demons. That's what hell was created for, not for humans, not for us. But we don't want to see people go there. Well, Faith was hoping that maybe this conversation. With talkative has planted a seed and maybe one day Talkative will rethink about their conversation and one day he may come to Jesus Christ, which is a great application for us. Continue to give the gospel, even if it's for 10-15 seconds. Just give them the quick gospel, right? First Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, the gospel in a nutshell. Just give it to him real quick. Maybe one day the unbeliever may become a believer in Jesus Christ. And that's the goal, right? That's what we really want you talkative are like many today who claim to know the gospel, but they choose to live in ways that are offensive and contrary to the gospel, and they what? They sadly walk away. In fact, 1 John chapter 2, verse 19 says, And they went out from us, but they were never really uh, of us. For if they were of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be manifested that they are not of us. And that's sad when you really think about that. And what does God's word command us to do about those who claim Christ yet cling to ongoing sin? And this is this is important. Well, like Christian said, from such withdraw thyself, move away from those who claim to be a Christian, a, a Christian, but are not living. Maybe they're living in habitual sin. Move away from them. In fact, Second Timothy chapter three verses two to five tells us that that if there's someone who claims to be a Christian but they're not living that way. Withdraw yourself from them. You don't want to be pulled down by an unbeliever. Be very, very careful there. Well, Faithful is commended by Christian for making the effort and doing the right thing by dialoguing plainly with Talkative. And well, after Talkative departs, he receives counsel from Christian to to let him go. Well, in section 71, Christian and Faithful continue their journey to the celestial city where they have. In in section 71, a meeting with evangelists. But before we do that, let me just uh, read to you what Ken Pulse says. Before we go to to, uh, section 71, listen to what he says. He says, The departure of talkative is one of the saddest portions of the pilgrim's progress. It describes one who claims to follow Christ, yet turns from truth, ensnared by his own pride and deception. Sadder still, it describes a response that is all too common it is a response that has hindered that has hindered many from finding the peace, joy, and forgiveness found in the true repentance from sin and faith in Jesus Christ. Sad, right? When you think about that, what Talkative did? He walked and way. He walked away. Well, in section seventy-one, uh, we see that f- Christian and faithful they have a meeting with evangelists after Talkative left. Christian and faithful travel together as their journey takes them through a wilderness. And what does the wilderness represent? Well, the wilderness speaks about the world in which we are tempted by, that rejects God and rejects his word. Well, Christian and will continue to encourage each other as a journey in the wilderness in Christian fellowship. And I think it's very important that as we're living our Christian journey, again, to have someone alongside of us. Don't be alone on an island. Make sure there's another believer that's with you, that can help you, that you encourage each other. Remember, Proverbs says iron sharpens what? Iron sharpens iron. So you want to have someone who is with you as you go through these very difficult times, right, as we live in. Well, as they come to the end of the wilderness, they see a very familiar friend coming after them, and it's who? It's evangelists. As they made evangelists, evangelists addressed them as dearly beloved. As Christian evangelists are happy to see him who led them to Christ, again, as they share with him their experiences on the journey. Well, like a faithful believer in Jesus Christ, evangelists checked upon them to see how their journey to the celestial city was going. And if you are currently discipling someone, continue to check on them, right? I'm sure you're checking on them and seeing how they're doing in their Christian life. And, and that's, again, advantage of having someone who is an accountability partner so they can check on you to see how you are doing in your Christian life. And again, isn't it great, um, great to have somebody there who is there to, to help you in your life? Well, evangelists provided a shot in the arm for them, of encouragement as they continue on their journey by providing encouraging notes. You'll see that in, in your, your notes, um, encouraging words, excuse me. As you see, there's a note. he spoke of them persevering, 3 John 4. He spoke of them uh, to them about an incorruptible crown, 1 Corinthians 9 24 27. You see some of the other verses there in Revelation 3:11, right? And also you see Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, all power and authority are on their side because they, they have Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. Well, as we come to our last section, the promise of suffering, just very quickly, we see that Christian and Faithful both thanked evangelists for, their wise, for his wise counsel and, ex, and uh, exhortation. But if you remember, unlike Christian's encounter and hasty exit with the house of the interpreter, Christian, being more mature in his faith, wanted more instruction in order to be prepared to know how to overcome more difficult trials as they lay ahead. And I think it's very important for all of us, right, to continue to read the Word of God so that we could be strengthened as we go through trials in our lives. An evangelist shares with them that they're going to go through pain and suffering. And he also mentions to them that one of them will become a martyr, that one of them will die, which might happen to us, right, as we live our Christian life, especially in the future. Times are getting tougher for believers. We may die as a martyr of Jesus Christ. But remember what First Peter says. Chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So there's a guarantee we're going to suffer. We're going to go through trials. And as I mentioned, some of us may die for Christ one day, right? Are you ready? Remember, we have a great Savior, right, who is there to strengthen us. And if that should happen to us, if we should die for Christ, we are absent from the body, we are What? present with the lord right so we thank god for that let's pray our heavenly father we thank you so much for our time this morning thank you lord again for reminding us that as believers that as we talk about christ lord we must live a life that truly glorifies him we pray for those father in our lives who profess christ but may not be living that way lord we pray that we would be a tremendous instrument father for you to share the gospel of jesus christ that, this, that the person that we, are, um, that we have questions about may come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior that, and believe that he died on the cross for their sins, was buried, and that he rose again. I pray for every believer here that you encourage them and strengthen them, especially, Father, as we will be facing difficult times in the future. We love you and thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.